You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you see it open your Bible at 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Now we have been talking about, uh, just recently I taught on the message on the, the gifts of the Spirit, restoring of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And in that message, I spoke about the gifts of different kinds of tongues. And as in that, I said that I would teach on it in more detail in terms of praying in tongues, because in the gift of tongues, it's slightly different to the praying of tongues, even though it's governed around similar laws. And that's something we need to understand about the kingdom of God. You know that when you talk about the things of the kingdom, there are certain laws that govern different things. For example, if you take a diesel engine, there's a certain way that the diesel engine is built. There's certain physical laws and that they've discovered and they've put together. And if you build it in a certain way, you can create an engine that runs on diesel. Now, you understand that they've used that diesel engine in huge, big, massive, mechanical, strong, heavyweight trucks. But then they've also put diesel engines into a luxury sedan. And so you realize you've got two different, total different vehicles here, but the laws of the engine are the same. So the one has to do really hard work. It's built in a certain way, very noisy, but your luxury sedan, you want nice and quiet and it must purr. And so it's built slightly differently, but still the internal workings, the governing of it is still very similar. And so when it comes to the laws of faith and laws of the kingdom of God, when it comes to prayer, for example, there's different types of prayer, but there's an underlying governing law that will make sure that that prayer, whichever type of prayer it is, works. When it comes to faith, we understand that faith has a governing law of love. We understand that when it comes to whatever you're studying in the kingdom of God, like healings, you've got the gifts of miracles, you've got the gifts of healings, and then you have the healing by faith. You've got the healing where you call an elder, and they'll pray for you, and the prayer of faith will heal the sick. And so you understand there's different ways for it to work, but at the end of the day, it's still healing, and there's an underlying law that governs it. And so when it comes to speaking in tongues, praying in the Spirit, there's an underlying governing laws, and that's what we want to study out because when it comes to praying in the Spirit, why do we pray in the Spirit? Why, are, why is it so important? And I thank God that I have a teacher, Apostle Theo Vormans, who taught me the power of praying in the Spirit. See, very often when we don't, when we don't agree with something or we're nervous with something or, or we, we're afraid of something, is because we don't understand it. And very often, you know, when we raised religiously, I know that sometimes if I think of the, the way I was raised in a Christian environment, I was raised to reject tongues based on certain things that, that I was taught. And so when I was first exposed to it, there was hesitancy in me because I didn't understand what it was about. I didn't understand. I, I thought it wasn't supposed to be used today. I didn't, it wasn't supposed to be for the church of now. It was back then only. And there was different things that I had learned until my mother, by the unction of the Holy Spirit, came to visit us, Janine and myself, and said that God had spoken to her and said that he needs, she needs to come and show me and teach me about praying in the Spirit. 
And when she taught me the, the things that she had learned from Apostle Theo and taught me the things from the Word of God, as I saw the purpose behind it, why it is there, I said, give it to me. I need to have that. You see, as we clear out the confusion, we understand something, and then we desire to walk in it. That's when you see the full power of it released. And that's where I learned then subsequently to that, as Apostle Theo taught, the power of praying in the Spirit. Why it isn't so important? Why is it so necessary to have in our lives? And my desire is for you. I know many of you already do pray in tongues, but I want to stir that up once again. Desire and a passion to do that because it can get to a place where you think, oh, no, I need to pray a bit, yeah, and I pray a bit there. And, but really, as, as I study these things out and I renew my mind to it, I'm inspired that I need to be spending even more time praying in tongues than I even have before. And I already do pray a lot in tongues. And just like Paul says, I pray more in tongues than any of you. Now, we look at the ministry of Paul. He was very successful. And so there has to be a reason behind that. And I'm going to have a look at that. We're going to have a look at it together for a while because I really just believe that right now we need a stirring in the world. This world needs answers. And not just this world, our nation of South Africa, and not just the nation of South Africa, our, our region right here. And we want to get back as a church worldwide to being the active live church within society that we're supposed to be. Say amen. Amen. Have you found 1 Corinthians chapter 14? Now I'm going to read verse 14 from the Amplified Bible. Listen to this. This is from the Amplified. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays, but my mind is unproductive. It bears no fruit and it helps nobody. Now listen to this. My mind is unproductive. Say that. When I pray in the Spirit, my mind is unproductive. Um, even if you're at home, let, let's say it with me because I encourage you. I know sometimes when we're together, it's easier. But uh, there's a reason for saying as we say these things, they, they seed the Word of God in our heart. Now notice, he says, my mind is unproductive. But now, listen to this. If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit, now it's by the Holy Spirit within me, prays. My spirit prays. Say that, when I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. Now that unknown tongue tells me that's not an earthly language. Now, I know that's in the Amplified that's been added there, the word unknown, but you will study it out. As we do study this, I will show you from the Scriptures that we're not talking about an earthly language because sometimes people say, you know, when you pray in tongues that uh, what they really meant is you're using an earthly language. How many realize if you're using an earthly language, your natural mind is involved again? If, if I had to speak now by the Holy Spirit, and it sounded like German to somebody, that is a form of tongues. But if I was speaking German, I could learn that language, and then my mind would be involved. I'd be thinking about it. Yeah, he says, my spirit prays. Now, when we talk about spirit, we must understand who we are. 
And these are things that we've studied many times before, but just to renew our minds to it, you understand that we are not our physical body. This physical body that you see standing here, that you recognize, when you look at this body, you say, that's Pastor Aaron. I know because there's a certain features that you recognize. But this body is not really Pastor Alan because I am the spirit person living within this body. See, if all of a sudden this body stopped working, in other words, we call that died. So now the body dies. You as the spirit person don't die. You step out of your body and you are still in existence. That's the who we really are. The spirit person is what enables this body to, to work. And so you are a spirit birthed from God and then sent to the earth and put into a physical body, which is from the substance of the earth. So the earth, your mother gave her womb and that womb then developed from the food that she ate, a physical body, cells were formed, but it's from the earth substance, if you can put it that way. The, the, the stuff, the material is from the earth. That formed your body. But the spirit that you are was breathed from God into your body. That's why we don't have privilege of deciding to kill a body, to kill a life. Because that person was sent. The very fact that there's a spirit within that body means God sent it with intention. You and I don't have the privilege of ending that life. Now, again, as I always say these things, I don't want to bring condemnation to anybody. If that's happened to somebody and, and, and now at this point you're hearing what I'm saying, I want you to know God loves you. Whatever's happened, no matter what we've done, He forgives us and He cleanses us of all unrighteousness. And I pray that that hurt and that healing takes place in that person's life, in your life, if that's you, in the name of Jesus. And it's always good to hear the good news. And I just want to encourage you from this time forward that you, you walk free of that guilt. There's no more guilt. There's no more shame. Jesus bore that all away. But I needed to say that to us to understand that we are spirits sent to this earth by God with specific plan and purpose in our lives. And, and we must realize that we're not our, our body. There are separate things. If you come and have a look at uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Verse 23, it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Sanctify you completely. God doesn't do half work. He doesn't do half measures. He wants to bless you entirely and completely. And may your, listen to this, may your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice it says spirit, soul, and body. Now, the order is very important as well. You hear people talking about body, mind, and spirit. Now, that is an exact reversal of what's in the Scripture. The most important is spirit. That's who you are. And then your spirit has a soul. Your soul would be your mind, your will, and emotions. That soul is how you think, it's how you feel, it's how you determine things. And your soul is linked to your spirit. You'll always have your soul with you, but you are not your soul. You are your spirit. I know we talk about saving souls. Well, we have to save the mind in order to get the spirit saved. The mind has to be, oh, I want that. 
I want to know Jesus. See, the, the Word of God will encourage that. And then the Spirit, that's where the Word is sown into the heart of man, is then they confess Jesus as their Lord and Savior after having heard the Word, and then they're born again. But you notice that when you're saved and you're born again, you're still in the same body. And so you, as a spirit, are born again. You have your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. But when you leave your body, your soul goes with you. You're still going to think. You're still going to know who you are. You're going to still be able to make decisions. You get that. Amen. So say this. I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. See, that's important to know because we're talking about, yeah, your spirit prays. It's not your mind. It's not your soul that's praying. It's not your body, the natural brain and your, and your, and your mouth. And we're gonna, I'll reveal more of that to us in a moment. Notice it says here, Hebrews 4 verse 12, it says, The Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, listen to this now, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. So here immediately we see that soul and spirit are not the same thing. They can be separated, but not removed, in other words. It's, it's separated. You understand they're two different things. What is that separation? He says here, similar to joints and marrow. Joints and marrow. Another translation says bone and marrow. Well, you know, if, you, if I lifted up a bone in front of you now, uh, if say now I went to the butcher and I got... Uh, a bone from some animal, and you and I lifted up and I said, look, this is a bone. You would agree with me. So it's white. It's got, you know, the, the knuckles on the end. It, it's, it's a bone. Now, if I got a very sharp knife and I cut it down the middle and I scraped the marrow out and I held up the outside structure and I said, what is this? You'd still say it's a bone. So the bone is a bone with or without the marrow. It's still bone. But what enables the bone to live, to be functional, is the marrow. The marrow is what gives the life of that bone. Are you with me? That it, it enables the bone to be a bone. And so the same way, your soul is within your spirit. Now, without the soul, you'd still be a spirit. <laughs> you wouldn't have any mind, any emotion, any way of thinking. And so the soul is a very intimate part of you that enables your spirit, but you are the spirit being. That's the actual being. But now, the same way you can see the difference between marrow and bone, the soul is within the spirit. You understand? Now, the Word of God is able to determine which is which here. And he says yeah, it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intent of the heart. The thoughts and the intent of the heart. So here's the thing. Your spirit man, the very spirit you, the very depths of you has a what the word calls a heart. That heart has a, is, is a thinking part of it. Now your soul is very closely linked to that. So the actual soul is your thought, and then your heart has an intent. Now what is that intent? And as we study out the word of God, you'll find that that is the very Holy Spirit. That's the one that's going to enable your spirit to be the Spirit of God, to be able to live within the realm of the Spirit of God, to think when God places His thoughts in you, to hear that. That's the life part of you, the life part of your spirit. See, uh, when you come to Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says, yeah, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind that filled the whole house where they were sitting. 
And then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and it sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now notice, right from the beginning, the very early church, the church that Jesus had birthed, remember in John chapter 20, verse 22, he said he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. They were the ones that went into the upper room. And in the upper room, as they were praying and worshiping together, the Holy Spirit was poured out into them as the church. And the very first response, have a look here, verse 4, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, when we say they were, they were all filled, who was filled? The they, the, the disciples, of course. But what was filled? <laughs> if we say they, they is who. But I, when I say who, I want to be sure that we, you know, we don't get back to the natural part. Because the natural part of the disciples, their bodies are sitting in the room. They can look at each other and recognize one another. But understand this, the they is the spirit person. The spirit person. Being the Spirit, so you know that your spirit is who you are, your soul is your mind, your will and emotions, living in a body. The Holy Spirit came, sat upon them. Of course, it sat on their body, but it flowed, the Holy Spirit, He flowed into their spirit. And as the Holy Spirit flowed into their spirit, it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And what notice this? They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now notice what that's saying there. It says they, they, everybody say they. Now notice they were all, all of them were all filled. And they, who they? The all. So it wasn't just one or two of them that started speaking in other spirits speaking with other tongues. The ones that spoke with other tongues are them all. Say that. The early church, when they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, they all spoke with other tongues. Everyone spoke in other tongues. Now you see God's desire for His church. Now this is not to be confused with, as I already said earlier, the gifts of speaking in other tongues. Remember we had a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 7 says the manifestation of the Spirit. This is talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another, here it is, different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. So as we've already studied out the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, you understand there's not, no one can stand up and say, I have the gift of discernment or I have the gift of miracles. We understand that those gifts will operate in our lives. And when they do at that moment, you may be experiencing it. But really, it's the Holy Spirit that drops that within us as He wills. There's a need for it at that moment, and He will choose to work through you at that moment. And as you do, you'll see that gift show up. 
And that's very easy for somebody to turn around and say, well, you see now, if, that's, if that is the case, well, I don't have this gift of speaking in other tongues. Now, we've had a look at that one in detail already. That speaking in other tongues is when it's speaking to the church. In other words, uh, it's, it, 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 it's a form of prophecy where you are now declaring something from God. God wants the people to know something, and He speaks in an unknown language. And that could either be that I'm speaking in English, but someone, uh, you know, in, in Germany needs to hear me right now. But they don't understand the English, but they're listening to me, and it sounds like I'm speaking German. That would be supernatural. That's one form of gifts. Other one would be speaking straight as the Spirit gives unction. And, of course, it's the heavenly language, and we'll talk more about that in a moment. But as that heavenly language goes forth, someone listening with their home language is not going to understand that. But that's why it says it's important that we also interpret. And so as we interpret, as someone speaks in tongues and then interprets, it comes forward forth as a prophecy. So it's similar to the gift of prophecy in that way. But that's specifically talking about that gift. That's where it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 27, If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or three at the most, each in turn, and let one interpret. So that's why it's important that if I'm speaking to the church in tongues, there needs to be an interpretation. But, now, yes, verse 28. If there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in church and let him speak to himself and to God. Now, notice sometimes people who want to say that tongues is not for today and it shouldn't be used in the church, they will go to that scripture. They see you, if there's no interpreter, then don't speak to the church. Now, it says they don't speak if you, in the church, but notice it doesn't stop. It says and, but. So in other words, if I'm just going to speak in tongues and it's just me talking and there's a church full of people here, the whole church is sitting here and I'm speaking in other tongues just out there, Paul's saying that, that's useless. Who's going to get anything out of that? Rather keep silent. If there's no interpreter, don't speak in church. But does that mean I can never pray in church? How you know, if we all praying in tongues together, no one's waiting for an interpretation. If, if we having a prayer time together and you praying in the Spirit, I'm not wondering what you're saying because I don't care. You're praying in the Spirit and I'm praying in the Spirit. So that can happen in a corporate environment with you, one or two or three people or a hundred people together, a thousand people together. That can happen. But I want you, the key that I want to pick up here right now, it says here, when he says here, if it's in church, but if there's no interpreter, keep silent in church, but it says, and let him speak to himself and to God. In other words, he's not saying stop, don't do it. He's saying, yes, still, you can pray in tongues. You can speak in tongues to yourself and to God. Isn't that interesting that you can speak tongues to yourself? And we'll, we'll have a look at that in the study as well. I'll tell you, there's so much to come out of this that I'm, I'm jumping ahead of myself so often. But here's the thing that I want us to pick up right now. He says, and speak to God. Speak to God. Well, what is that called when you're speaking to God? We, we call that prayer. And so, yeah, Paul is saying, yes, there's a time to speak to people. There's a time you speak to yourself. And then there's the tongues that you're going to use in prayer. 
And if you have a look here in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he clarifies this in verse 2. He says, He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. See, that's prayer. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Now, if he's saying no one understands him, that includes the German person. Does that make sense? So this is not talking about any kind of earthly language. This is not a language you can learn. It says here, in the spirit, you speak mysteries. And notice again, it comes back to in the spirit, in the spirit, in the spirit. So when you're praying in tongues, it's your spirit that prays. It's your spirit that prays, not your mind. Yeah, I want to just spend a little time so we understand what's actually happening. Because sometimes people get confused. They hear some people when they pray in tongues, it sounds kind of Hebrewish and, you know, Greek or Chinese or different, you have different kinds of uh, fluctuations that come out when a person speaks in tongues. Other people, you may just hear, you know, just like almost gibberish, baby language, like, you know, just the ba 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 kind of thing. And then you get other people that you don't even make make words. It's just groanings. It's just like, you know, just sounds coming out. Well, which one is it? Well, here's the thing. If you go back and have a look at verse 14, it says, my mind is unproductive. You're not using your mind. And that's important to know. Because you, here's the thing, you can't think in tongues. Or did you get that? Because why? The mind is unproductive. So if your mouth's not open, if there's no sound coming out, it's not tongues. You know, sometimes we can not speak and then kind of think and we make sound noises in our head. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? You, you can think in a sentence without hearing it or saying it. Now we try and put tongues language there, you know, for example, now I could think that, but that's not tongues. It's not the, it's not the actual wording that's formed. Because he said, the mind is unproductive. So here's the thing. You can't think in tongues. Say that. I can't think in tongues. It says, when you pray in tongues, it is your spirit that's praying. So there must be a sound that's coming forth. There's a sound. Now, how many of you understand that when God, in the beginning, the Bible says, in the beginning, God said, light be. Now, you're reading that in English. But you know God didn't say it in English at the beginning. Well, then what did he say? Well, it's recorded in Hebrew. Do you think God's language in heaven is Hebrew? And shame the rest of the world needs to have use their English, Greek, and whatever else. Then we need to convert, translate it for them. No, God's not even Hebrew. That's an earthly language. God's language is a heavenly language. What is that? Well, that's the mystery. We don't know what that sounds like. But here's the thing. As it's uttered forth, as God speaks... Listen to this. When God, when you say, I heard God say, you understand he didn't speak to you in English. He's not English. He's spirit. So when he's spirit, he speaks in spirit. But in your spirit, that rises up and you can interpret it. And you hear it in English in your mind. Oh, Jesus, you're getting this. Now, if that is the case, 
then I don't know how to put spirit into words that are going to make sense that anyone can hear it. Because it's not. It's spoken in a mystery. And so when you pray in tongues, it is the expression of the spirit bypassing the mind. Listen to that. Let me say it again. Praying in tongues is the expression of the spirit that bypasses the mind. See, that's the supernatural part of it. Don't try and figure it out with the mind because you can't. It's, the, the mind's not going to be involved. Look what he says in verse 15, again from the Amplified. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15. He says, what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit. How? By the Holy Spirit that's within me. But I will also pray intelligently with my mind and understanding. So there is a place that you can think in English or your home language and pray in that home language. And then he says, I will sing with my spirit by the Holy Spirit that's within me. And I will sing intelligently with my mind and understanding also. So here you understand the spirit is involved when you're praying in tongues, not the mind. So what does that mean? When I say, Lord, I want to pray now, and I'm going to pray in the Spirit, I'm going to pray in other tongues. I disengage the mind, and then I begin to release what's in my heart, and it will come out, and you can use any form of what's coming to your mouth. In other words, is a, there's a speaking that comes forward in sounds that we will hear, but it's not going to make sense. And whether it is, as I say, in, in wording that's not Chinese, but it sounds Chinesey, or whether it is the, 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 the Baba Shandai Randai, that type of, you know, whatever you've heard, or somebody just groaning. The point is, as I'm speaking, as I'm praying there, now I'm not going to interpret because this is by in, instruction. It's just so that you're hearing something. As I did that, what happened was my spirit was praying. And the Spirit released something. But as I was saying that, I could still think, what am I going to say next? I could still count to 10. In other words, if you're praying in the Spirit, you can disengage your mind from that and keep praying in tongues and still have a conversation in your head. You can still think about things. You can still count from 1 to 10. You can do whatever you need to do. Because as you're doing that, your Spirit's praying. But you notice the moment I ask you to say your name, you're going to have to stop speak, thinking, and then your mind's going to become engaged, and you're going to say, my name is Alan. I had to stop everything to do that. See, when, I, when your mind comes engaged with your mouth, it releases. But if you're praying in tongues, you can do that and have your mind do something else. See, that's the supernatural part of praying in tongues. So I want you to get that because people sometimes think, I don't know what to say and I don't know who and am I saying it right and is, does it make sense and is this tongues? It just sounds like gibberish. Don't worry about that. It doesn't matter what we're hearing. It's not for us. You are praying to God. You're praying to yourself. You're praying for whatever needs to be prayed. And as you do that, as you pray by the Holy Spirit, 
His powerment within you. He is the one that is saying what needs to be said. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't even need me involved because it's His wording, it's His mind, it's His heart that He is releasing through us. We're just giving our body and our vocal organs so that it can be voiced into the earth. And the very fact that you're voicing it, whatever God needs to be said is heard in the realm of the Spirit, not the natural ear. It's heard in the realm of the Spirit. And in the realm of the Spirit, as the Holy Spirit gives you the perfect prayer to pray, as you pray that prayer, He's praying the prayer. He says, this is the prayer that needs to be prayed. And as you release it, He is now he goes out and he fulfills his own prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So as we pray in the Spirit, why is it so important that we pray in the Spirit? Why is it so important? How many of you would like to know? That's for next week. Hallelujah. Amen. Did you get something today? Praise God for His Word. I just want to encourage you. I want you to see that. And we're going to have a look. What is the importance? What are the, what are the, what are the benefits of praying in the Spirit? What are the things that we want to know? How come the Spirit is so important? Why does the enemy want to stop this from happening? We're going to have a look at those things from the Word of God. Because I want to stir it up. I believe already now many of you are stirred up. Because now that's answered a lot of questions, a lot of queries. And just know this. It's by the Spirit. Your spirit man is praying by the Holy Spirit that's within you, the perfect mysteries of God. Amen. Just lift your hands and say, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you. I've received that word today. By the hearing of the word, faith has risen in my heart. And I am a believer. I'm not a doubter. As a hearer of the word, I'm also a doer. From this day on, I choose to believe you've placed within me your very own spirit. And as I pray in other tongues, that spirit prayer goes forth in the realm of the spirit. And I pray the perfect mysteries of God in Jesus' name. Amen.